Oh, yeah. Am I on? Hello. Hello? Yeah, yeah. yeah you were on. You were just a little. Hello. So, yeah. Um, when I put this, put this gear, I was just thinking, I was listening to you, apparently. Because I was like, mm, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know. <laughs> and when I, when I put it in place, it was like. That was a fun twist. Yeah. <laughs> I want, you know. I don't know when I thought of that. So, like, yeah, I could have had an advantage because I might have been subconsciously kicking around the idea. Well, you know, so I might have been listening more. But, uh, I don't, yeah, I probably won't do it every time. But, like... Yeah, it was, it was fun because this was... I, I felt like I I kind of... I mean, I was, a, I was obviously able to pick out your thing. So I, I, I knew... Like roughly where stuff fit, that was just sort of arranging them. But there's also a huge catalog of yeah. knowing the things I like in beers. Yes, and stuff absolutely. Like that, right? right? Yeah, yeah. Egg Dog IPA. What the fuck? I have no idea. What the fuck did he fuck? Well, I mean, like I said, it's, it's, it's Evil Twin. He's just doing. Uh, he's doing Natural a... bourbon type flavoring. What the fuck did he fuck? This is really gross. Bourbon type, right? Yes. What does that mean? Natural bourbon type? Nutmeg and vanilla. Okay, well, now, now that we heard that, we, we have to creamy, hear, nutty, and comforting. We have to hear this song. <laughs> is this the one you played earlier? This is the... Yeah. No, this is, this is the oh, one this is. with samples. But you can't be any geek off the street. Gotta be handy with the steel if you know what I mean. Earn your keep. Regulators! Mount up. It was a clear black night, a clear white moon. Woman G was on the streets trying to consume some skirts for the I heard this song so forever. Just hit the east side of the, the LBC. LBC. On a mission trying to find Mr. Warren G. Seen a car full of girls, ain't no need to tweak. All of you search, know what's up with 213. So I hooked select on 21 and live with some brothers. Okay. Um, what else happened? So here's a question for you. It, I don't know if it'll be an interesting conversation point or not. So, you know, Allie woke up today. And she's like, well, I'm not officially 10 yet because I wasn't born until 11-ish okay. or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, well, no, it's the opposite. You are officially 10, but you're not... What's the word? Like, if you if you counted her age down to the second, she wasn't 10 years old yet. Right? But she was officially 10 because officially it's... It's the calendar day. Okay. Right? Well, I mean, it's... Did she become alive as soon as she came out of her mother? Well, that's your birthday, right? Right, but that... But... but, I I mean, mean, she's just like, well, I'm not officially. But, like, official... Officially is determined by an official. And the official... (laughs) The, The regulation... Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Regulate. So there's a couple things here. It's that. It's like, you know, well, I'm not officially 10 yet because I haven't, would, it's not been exactly 10 years to the second since I came out of, right. since I was born. Sure. But officially would be, well, the officials have decided it's based on calendar day. So you were born between midnight and midnight on the 3rd. So you are officially yes, 10. Yes, as far as the law is concerned, you're 10. As far as, as the sovereign 
of, of the society that we exist in is concern year 10. If you want to get really specific uh, about the measurements, then you start to get with, well, a year is just an arbitrary measurement right. anyway. Uh, and it's, you know, and so, so what are you really? Oh, right, right, right. This is where I wanted to get to, though. So does it I get it for, like, the counting-wise calendar days? But if you're born at 11.59 at night, mm-hmm. you get like 23 hours of, of well, like what happens life if you're that you born, didn't officially have. Well, well, think about this. For years also, there's February 29th every four years. Yeah. And it was in 2008. She mm-hmm. was just a couple days away from being a leap baby. Yeah. So, but that means that you have three years where there's one less day. Mm-hmm. So that's a... So that's not really a, a, a measurement that actually makes sense. It only makes sense over a long period of time when you're putting an adjustment in, but over a right. small period. Like so, 10 so here's days. the thing I was thinking about today, and I, I don't know if there's anything behind this or not. But okay, so 21 years old, you're able to drink alcohol. Now, if you're born early in the day, you've had more time to mature than at the very end of the day. So, like, should it be? Like, should the delineation actually be? They at don't put the noon? time of birth yeah. on your license. Which should be actually be at noon, right? And you should average to like. Well, okay, the... so okay, <laughs> this is this is what actually you know. To, to be honest, do you have a piece of paper? Yes. Or yeah. To be honest, this is actually something that the science has considered. <laughs> what the hell is this? <laughs> this is actually that science has considered, and science calls this significant figure. Right. This is mm-hmm. the whole point of scientific notation, but what that means is, all right, when you're t- talking about like six point oh two times ten to the twenty third. Okay, so that means twenty three zeros mm-hmm. after that yeah. after that decimal, mm-hmm. but it also means the zero and two are important. Right, and then and then the rest of it. It isn't. doesn't matter if the next digit is zero or nine. Right, the rest of it could be. It, it's a lie. It's it's. You know, mm-hmm. it could be anything. The significant figures are the 6.02, and that's what you care about. So when you have some number that has a bunch of significant figures in it, then you know it's very precise. And when you have a number that's a very small amount of significant figures in it, and a large 10 to the blah, 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 then you know it's not pretty precise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's really, you know, scientific notation is all about that sort of precision. So... That's a question of precision. What is the precision that people care about? The yeah. precision that people care about is the day in terms of the Gregorian calendar. But it's always rounded down, right? Yes. Or, or rounded up. Round, everything's rounded, no, rounded no, down. down. Rounded, rounded down. down. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter if you were born at 1159 mm-hmm. on this yeah. time here, you, you know, at PM, that was the yeah. day you were born. I wonder if there's. It's probably, you know, I wonder if you could find in, in the data, like any anything interesting about the younger babies versus the older babies. You know, like, like the whole twelve hours and whether it would like be beneficial to round them. I like, would, it's, <laughs> considering twenty one years is such an arbitrary number yeah. anyway. I would, I would be very shocked if there was any. Mm-hmm. Anything that you could place that you know yeah. a, a twelve-hour difference in terms of birth. Well, at this point, it's a twenty-three-hour difference. Where if you rounded it, it'd be a twelve-hour difference, Whatever. right? I, I, a twenty-three-hour difference. Yeah. yeah. 
there there's so much sociology and stuff that goes into mm-hmm. you know what happens in 21 years that, that I cannot imagine that the, the that a single day has any noticeable effect that is not induced by some other uh property now i guess there could be if uh, so birth hour could be significant like depending on like the doctor's state of readiness right like if they're working a long shift they're up in the middle of the night you know it might the risk might go up right you know being born at three in the morning versus being born at you know 11 in the morning I mean, birth two in the afternoon. It, it, things have changed from when birth was a was a frightening procedure. It's right, not... but but still, you don't have, you still have people with circadian rhythms that are messed up doing the deliveries. Sure, um, but how would that change a person's behavior significantly? Well, maybe not that. Twenty-one uh, I'm, years. I'm, I'm asking. A, I'm asking a pretty open question here. Maybe it's an argument for induced birth during waking out well, natural I mean, hours. If if Maybe. you could if you could find there was a statistical difference between um, some kind of birth defect or or it might, life be, or death it might be a mortality thing, right? A mortality situation at night or at day. I imagine that would have been found by now if that was there, because. You know, a lot of people who don't do research think it's already been done, right? And so, sure, sure, but it seems like a kind of statistic that that's it's, 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 you, know, you would hope someone yes. has done. This. But you know, like going completely off the hip here, uh-huh. it seems like it would probably be statistically safer to be born during the day than at night. Well, I, I don't know if that's true. Um. I, I I don't necessarily buy that. You, I mean, like doctors uh, working long shifts, they're more alert when the sun's up. It's I mean, humans are just that way, right? It's, well, I mean, enough. there's all that. There's a ton of research about people working third shift that are you know they have. Well, that, but that stuff that ha- that has kind of an like like I know there's that stuff with uh, with judges, right? And right after lunch and before mm-hmm. lunch and that kind of thing. And I buy that because mm-hmm. that's an immediate decision that has a. You know, a big, a big, um, right. Consequence. A long consequence. Long, long consequence. Yeah. Uh, but there's so much in terms of at least modern United States medical situation in a birthing situation. There's so much being monitored. There's so much checks and balances in that situation. I don't know whether. Oh, I'm not saying it's a five percent mortality rate. I'm saying it's a much much smaller number, but if it's that small, then the yeah. significance is is not really important, right? I mean, if if it if it's less than a baby a year, then I don't know what 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 the concern yeah. is. It, it it's like I would, you know what it's like it's it's like the 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 arguments um, for uh, you know against vaccination, where they're saying, you know. Even if it was the case that some tiny, 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 tiny percentage of vaccinations cause autism, 
the the percentage of babies that are saved by by the vaccinations of, of you know lives that are saved by vaccinations mm-hmm. versus that percentage is so much better that you still are on the you still want to be yeah, on the vaccination I mean, train. I think it's a but bit, vaccinations don't cause autism. Right. I think it's a little bit different argument, right? Because this is okay. So it'd be the the cost of inducing. You know, so there's an extra. You put a drug. You have to inject a drug into an IV to induce. And that add, birth. that probably adds some mortality rate too, right? I mean, yeah, there could be complications with the in- induction. I didn't consider that. It was more so if inductions were completely uh, safe, safe, and I don't know what the cost is of the induction drugs, relatively free. Would it make sense to make sure all the babies are born when the doctors are at their peak? Right. But how? But you're assuming yeah. that all doctors are at their peak at, at these particular hours, which is not going to be true for some I, I think that's... research has some compelling evidence that... Most. Most. I mean, that's the thing about, you know, in that curve, most doctors would be, yes, in the light time hours. But there are going to be your doctors who are better at night. They're going to be your outliers. And but the whole thing, you know, it's yeah, it's it sure. But like are you going to hope that you get the good night owl? I'm I'm <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying that if you're being that precise about yeah. it, then you have to be that precise about every yeah. detail or else you know, like the thing about significant figures is when you're running different significant figures, the the one that matters is the one that's the least precise. And that's the one where where your 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 point lies. Not the most precise, the least precise, because that's how you know significant figures work. And so that's how statistics works, is that the only thing that matters in terms of, of your judgment here is going to be the least precise thing. So like when we ske- both our kids were induced and they were scheduled. So for Allie, we actually spent the night in the hospital and they gave her the drugs first thing in the morning and she was born at like 1130. You know, and it was time to coincide with the OBGYN's daytime shift, right? You know, so 1130, she's just like you and me working. You know, 11.30, we're hitting our peak, you know. So it was like, boom, good. And um, I had my peak around. Mac, Max, I got to go to the bathroom, uh, though. Max was induced, but we I don't think we spent the night for Max. I can't remember. Greg is going to the bathroom. Hey, I am a full-time Microsoft employee. Yes, we had our, our uh, we had our close earlier in the month, beginning of February, I think it was announced. And then March 1st is the day that, um, so deal closed February 1st. And March 1st was the day that I became a full-time employee. So it's interesting because I ran IT for the old company for a year. I am not technically in IT for Microsoft. Uh, for the next year or so, um, my job is going to be integrating the old company with Microsoft. And Thursday, March 1st, we had our onboarding where it was like 100 people all having their first day of work, kind of, because they got 
new new computers, new software, new you know so their email. It didn't all cut over. We were like on two email systems right now, but you know they got new email, they got new websites, new information, all the benefits and all that stuff had to be enrolled. People are. It was crazy because could you imagine having like a hundred people start at your job, in one at your business in one day, and like all the questions that a hundred people are going to have on their first day of work, and. Back to birthing. Yes, back to birthing. I was just kind of talking about through the whole, like, 100 people having their first day of work. And, like, I'm kind of on the hook and kind of not on the hook, you know. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Do you know if you were induced or not? I wasn't induced. Here's the thing. Both me and my sister were C-section babies. Okay. Um, weirdly, I don't know exactly why. I think it was just like it was the, the popular thing at the time to do. Really? Huh. I also know I wasn't breastfed. I was all formula because that was the popular thing at the huh. time to do. Yeah. So I was, I was like the only one out of my family that was breastfed. Hmm. And so, so maybe, maybe the fad didn't hit Pittsburgh until a couple years later. Yeah, I mean, it would be Philadelphia where I was in that yeah. area where I was yeah. born. Um, maybe the fad didn't hit Pittsburgh until a couple years later. But yeah. Um, yeah, I was born. My like, sister wasn't breastfed either, so it's, it, it's. I was born at six thirteen at night. I was born one fifty, I think, one fifty or so p.m. Uh, but you know, it was cesarean, so it was mm-hmm. that was cut out. Yeah. <laughs> born is, is a relative term, right? I mean, what? <laughs> so, so it always does feel to me like you know, what does birth really mean? Yeah. Uh, you started to breathe oxygen, right? That's kind of a... <laughs> yeah, but it was started, not, you not, started to use you know, your lungs. You when I started, started to use my lungs, right? Not when I started to breathe oxygen, because I was breathing oxygen before. Well, to me, breathing is making the transition through your lungs. Okay. Yes, I was. Right? I was working I mean, on the oxygen you, and that. You were metabolizing oxygen, yes. but you weren't breathing oxygen, right? Before that, I was a separate organism when I was born. I don't know if I'd use that argument, right? I mean, because, you know, there was a ton of separate organisms inside your mom. Sure. Along sure. with you, right? Okay. All right. Well, th- this gets... Pro- some... Maybe more pounds of separate organisms than you were. Well, definitely. Uh, well, I don't know about more pounds. Was there eight pounds of bacteria in your mom when you were born? I don't know. Probably not. But I don't know for sure. I don't know if you counted everything that was on. If you in counted the number of cells, yes. yeah, there's more. There was more, more cells of, them, of, of more them. of them than you. Yes, for sure. But more, more weight, right? More, more mass, rather, uh, not necessarily weight. Um, it, so that reminds me of, of, of that idea that things never touch, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. the people are talking, you know, but. You know, and I've argued before that that's not true. That for any conception that we have of touching, um, th- that doesn't make sense. That you don't actually touch things. Yeah, I mean, how do you define touching? If it's the physical sensation. Well, if it's, if it's the fact that you deform things when you touch them, then then absolutely you touch things. 
That's the only thing right. that touching makes sense. Well, uh, so I guess the argument is: is your matter touching the other matter, or is right? There but a but but that means what it, cushion? But if you think about that, what does it mean to say your matter? Are your fingers your matter? Because your fingers, by your definition, are not touching your arm or not touching your your brain, mm-hmm. right? They're, they they have the same thing that that's preventing them from touching. So they're not yours at all. They're just. Things that are attached by electromagnetic forces, but they're in the same sense. Yeah, but they're attached by the force. Where you know I am pushing really hard against this table, but my atoms are still hovering above the atoms of the table. If you were to do that in a vacuum, then they would stick, though, right? If if they would, if you would peel off the oxide layers, you could you it. You would, and you put. But your there would still be space. You could do vacuum welding of, of of things. Yeah, but there's still space, right? There's still there's still the space where the the uh, what the strong force or no the electromagnetic but there, but electromagnetic that, force is there's repelling. just as much space between the the atoms of your finger as there is yeah. the table so what does that mean right I mean the well I guess that'd be a cool question right like how much how much entwined is my fingers in the table right now right like, like how many atoms did I push beyond like the barrier of the table and then like when i pull them away did i lose those atoms or did they come back out you know well my thing is that it is from the perspective you can actually see this happen you know if you look at when you push things down you actually are deforming things Mm -hmm. so in that case you are very much touching something you're pushing something down you're causing a force unless by touch you mean uh a proton has to touch a new but it, and if that is the yeah. case, then the very yeah. atoms that make yeah. you are not touching you. Yeah. Just like Superman, man. Just like Superman. Just like Superman. <laughs> so that that's why no, I feel it's, like it's, yeah. I mean, if I think okay, let's define touch. Right. Which force? Is the repulsion that makes touch happen, right? The, Electromagnetic force, right? Ra- well, yes. Uh, technically, the electromagnetic force. What is making my fingers stopping from the stopping when I touch this bottle? The Pauli exclusion principle. Okay. Well, no, this isn't really material in the same place at the same time. Yeah, that, that's what's causing your finger not to be able to go through the through 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 the, through the bottle. That's what's causing the rigidity of the bottle and the fact that your finger won't go through it. Really? Yes. So that to me, that is a you can't be in the same place at the same time. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm not even getting to close to the same place. There is a barrier. Well, that where the barrier... electromagnetic force is repelling my fingers from this bottle, right? I mean, there is this is a bigger gap there than the poly poly exclusion principle accounts for. Yes, the, the electromagnetic the, force is. is you're the you're thing. not. This is not degenerate matter, right? So you're not in in the point where the the polyclusion principle is the only thing that's causing things not to to collapse. But the reason why things are structured in that way is because the polyclusion principle. Because these are not bosons; these can't collapse into each other. So it plays a role. Um, and so it's hard to say because it, it's while it is the same force that causes magnetism, it's done, you know, it's a different way of, of, of calculating how it 
interaction. The reason why that interaction happens is because you can't have half-integer spin particles in the same place. Um, I mean, it's 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 such a semantic argument at that point, right? I mean, sure. what are you what are you really talking about? There, there, you know, there's a lot of little little things that are causing it to happen. But yeah, it's not degenerate matter. Yes, it is electromagnetic forces. But the reason why electromagnetic forces arrive on the scene is because of the Pauli exclusion principle. Okay. So six of one, half a dozen the other. Okay. It's an interesting question. It's a really good question. But it's mm-hmm. like you know when if you if you really are thinking about it that deeply. What do you got to consider? All those little things that sure, that, that, that sure. work together. I'm just I imagine zooming in on my the interface between my finger and the mm-hmm. bottle, right? Yeah. And when I push, the thing that's pushing back is not the matter; it's the electromagnetic force is pushing back. Right? Uh, Where if if it was Pauli exclusion, my protons would be bumping into their protons. Well, it's and really not the electrons. Be able to be in the, same place. the electrons are pushing against the other electron shells, and mm-hmm. those are being deformed by the right. fact that you're pushing. And the reason why they're being deformed, but there's a, the charge there's putting a buffer in there. It's not like they're trying to be in the exact same piece of space. There's, mm, yeah, I mean, it kind of is, okay. right? It's it's. On on that level, the force uh, that you, I, the I, force I, that you can impart is going to overwhelm the charge. Maybe I'm imagining the model wrong, right? I'm imagining that me, my electron shells pushing against this bottle's electron shells is miles compared to the space where the electrons are. Uh, you know, and that's such a smaller thing that the Pauli exclusion principle is such a smaller thing in that system. It's. Yeah, you're, you know, I'm talking about weather systems, and you're talking about marbles. You know? the weird thing is, like, you're absolutely right, but to a certain extent, you're you're not you're not looking at the whole picture. It, it, mm-hmm. It's it's so hard to screen because yes, the the I I mean, you're you're absolutely right that the. The level on which the Pauli exclusion principle, now, if, in principle, uh, manifests is is much smaller. Right. So, so is this what you're getting at? Why does the electromagnetic force behave the way it does? Right. Because you're starting to put a lot of pressure. You're getting kind of close and putting pressure on the Pauli exclusion principle, and things are not one not comfortable getting that close to being in the same place exactly. at the same time. Yeah. Right, and and so it's you know the the functional reason behind the electromagnetic. It's like, whoa, buddy, you're getting too close to being in the same place at the same time. Here, look at this force. Yeah, and, uh, and that is yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I'm saying. And so it's hard to, it's easy to to to, to say, okay, it's just electromagnetic force. But you know, if you're asking why, well, it's Paul exclusion principle. When you ask why, and that is just it's the way shit works. Uh, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, you can. That's a that's a fundamental tenet of yeah. physics, right? The Pauli exclusion principle. It makes sense. It's intuitive. Mm. You can't have two things in the same place at the same time. That's intuitive. You can have two things. If they're bosons, you can. It's just it, it, it's if they're fermions, you can't. If they have half, okay. if they have integer spins, Still, they can't. But if it's but it's spins, intuitive to humans. It's intuitive enough, right? 
And when you start talking about... But the reason why we have lasers is because you can do that with bosons. And the reason why you have things like superfluid, like super superfluid helium, is because helium becomes a boson uh, because it spins that up. Right? So, I mean, that, that's, that's where I question the intuitiveness of it. Okay. Um, but I see what you're saying, but it's like, you know, if, you know again, if you get down to the nitty-gritty, there, there are weird things that happen uh, if you consider quantum effects. But if, I, I saw, I, I just caught a YouTube a YouTube video. A guy had pulled out, a, it was an $800 rare earth magnet. It had a thousand pounds of, of attractive force on its face. He was doing some things with this, but the one thing he did is he put his two pet mice in a balance, like on a string, like on a yardstick in a cup, and the magnet would push the mouse away from the magnet. Wow, why? He was saying that the the living thing he didn't get into great science. He said the living things are diamagnetic and repel the magnet either either pole. I, I Yeah. Yeah, that could happen. The magnet was so strong that he put it up against the mouse. Now he didn't show it happening against the empty plastic cup. Um but really the empty plastic cup was much less mass than the mouse. Right, and the antipathic cup does not have things flowing through it yeah. that are creating electric fields. But he was able to fields hold, hold the magnet, you know, a centimeter, two centimeters from the cup, and it started spinning away from the magnet. He stopped it, and he went the other direction. It was That's, that's powerful magnet stuff. And really, because he had the magnet, and he had about an inch piece of wood. Like He had, the, he had a ladder. It had a board and it had a magnet sitting on it. On the bottom side of the board, he had a 10-pound barbell weight and a second 10-pound barbell weight. And he was, like, stacking um, the uh, the steel pennies from World War II on him. You know, like, he was, like, kind of doing things with the pennies and stuff. But watching him try to get that top 10-pound weight off of it, he had to get a bar and put it through the, bell, the barbell and kind of pry it. It was really hairy getting that thing off. Wow. It was... Um, that's 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 super dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does. So the reason that came up today is because I watched a video of him. He did this thing: world's strongest flashlight, which was I want to say thirty thousand lumens, versus world's blackest paint, uh-huh. and whether it would Reflected, absorb all yeah, the heat yeah, or not. Yeah. The flashlight won easy, but uh, it was a, it was it was an interesting. This is a powerful flashlight. Yeah. That would blind you. But like the black paint that he had, like in normal lighting conditions, where it blocks ninety nine point nine five percent of light, you know, it's crazy because he's holding this ping pong ball or this bigger ball in front of him, and it just looks like there's a hole in his chest. It just is crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it's nuts that you know how that works. The, the, those crazy. Yeah, the paint he got was called the paint he got was called black two and it's they don't. They don't market how black it is compared to the other one, which is like Vera Black or something, uh-huh. which they market that one. So he he just presumed they were kind of equivalent. But when you put that 30,000 lumen flashlight, which is um, brighter than daylight on a square foot. Like sure. If, like if you've shown it on a square foot, it's right. brighter it's than 25, daylight. It's, like, it's 25,000 lumens, like the sun, yeah. So... Um, you know, it, it lit up like a like a like anything, right? Like it wasn't <laughs> Well, I mean 
the moon mm-hmm. looks white to us. It's roughly the color of tar, more or less. Oh, I would okay. I thought it was yeah, kind of uh, a mid-level gray, but no, no. It's so I, if I can look at a picture, uh, let's see here, Earth and Moon picture. I mean, the moon rocks they brought back. Wouldn't that be the color of the moon? Yeah, but if if you were to look at the moon in uh, you know the moon rocks aren't tar dark. They are. They're pretty dark. Dark. They're a medium dark gray. I wouldn't say they're tar. Tar's black. The 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 moon is 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 roughly the color of of on average the color of your tires. So they brought back the really light versions of rocks. No. So I'm being skeptical, right? Because I've seen pictures Here's an example. of okay. rocks in Here's a. Here's an example of the Earth and Moon color difference, and this this is a picture of, of Earth and Moon from the Discover uh, thing. It's just L1. Oh, okay. So you can see how dark the Moon is compared to the Earth, and this is still shining. That still doesn't sunlight. look like tar. Or no, tires. no, no. Because it's still bright sunlight mm-hmm. getting coming off of it, but you can see how much darker it is compared to the Earth. And yeah, the, the the moon in terms of its albedo is about as reflective as as, as tar or or a car tire. That's about the reflectiveness of it. But it looks white to us because the sun is that fucking bright. Um, right. So well, and also the contrast, right? Yeah, the right. space is that fucking dark. That exactly right. So, but th- this I think this picture does give a good if you look for Earth and Moon from DSC or sure. VR, yeah, sure gives you a good but idea I mean, of that's that's about the color of the Moon rocks too, right? Right, and that's yeah. a medium dark t- uh, gray. It's not tar. It's not tires. But if you if you were to look at the the reflectiveness. Oh, if you measure, yeah, if you measured albedo, I, I guess. But I mean, just the color of the moon rocks you see right. at the Smithsonian. But the moon is not shiny, is no. it? Really but if you look at the moon rocks at the Smithsonian, they're not tar. They're color. not. They're not black, right? Tar, right? Yeah. yeah. But but in terms of their shininess, they're they're about as shiny as your tire. Oh, it's very matte. I mean, everything yeah. is yeah. It's so pulverized. It's, there's nothing polished up there. There's nothing to polish it. So yeah, yeah, the reflectivity of Stuff that's been hit by micrometeors for four billion years mm-hmm. is gonna—it's gonna be shards in all directions. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's gonna reflect light in all directions, so it's not yeah. gonna be very reflective. Uh, yeah, I, I guess that's that's not necessarily color; it's reflectivity that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, but that—but it looks white when you look at it. Yeah, but like, okay, so it's in front of the Earth. You're getting even re- even in daylight. No, no, but you're getting reflectivity from. Yeah, but let's just talk about reflectivity. Uh-huh. This is super rough pulverized regolith. Right. Versus water vapor, versus water, versus ice, versus, you know, that stuff's really reflective. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you're talking about like completely different scales. And I know that's not against what you were arguing, but yeah, you got to put it all into perspective. And yeah. yeah, sure. I understand that the moon is not reflective albedo wise right the percentage of light that reflects right back at you because it's getting scattered yeah. or you know and most and of it probably getting stuck in yeah absorbed but you know it's it's bouncing at an angle and getting kind of dissipated inside sure yeah the structures and whatnot cool 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 but it but 
it even looks white against a blue background. Yeah. When you see it during the mm-hmm. day, because half the time the moon is out during the day. So that's how bright the sun is. The sun is really, really bright. And the idea that this flashlight is brighter than the sun, at least for a square inch. Square foot. Uh, it's a square foot. Which is, is crazy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it can only run like at that mode for like short periods I'm of time. Sure. <laughs> he, he shot, he, so he's shining the flashlight at the true black, at the black 2.0. And then he put an IR gun on it and you should it was amazing how fast it was picking up heat you know that kind of thing it, 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 it stays that black it has to compensate for that it's absorbing it has to get that energy away somehow and it's going to go somewhere mm-hmm. yeah and uh, where else to go but heat it reminds me of of reading about um the how rtgs work and the the process behind heat induced electromagnetic current Okay. Uh, still don't quite this is a thermocouple, right? It's a thermocouple, yeah. I'm not sure I'm brushed up on how a thermocouple works. It's it's a bimetallic junction. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the heat will cause current over it. But I can't really... I can't say, I can't say physically why that happens. Yeah, it's a Seebeck effect. But I don't know how to... I really don't understand it. Uh, and so I was reading into it a little bit, but I, I still don't still don't get it how this uh, effect works. This this charge distribution based on heat. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I get kind of how a Stirling engine works. So it's a little bit, but it's different than that. It's, it's mm-hmm. not the same thing. Well, it's solid state. Yeah, I mean, certainly Stirling engine actually has plates that move. Yeah, thermocouple. I, as far as I know, it's a it's a bimetal junction, and then yeah, you can derive current from that because like it's not just for power plants, right? Like for for space probes, you know, you can ha- easily have a thermocouple as a term as a high temperature sensor. Well, I think a thermocouple is used for like um, uh, uh, when when you're doing instant read thermometers, that kind of thing, right? Isn't uh, those are Instant read thermometers aren't thermocouples. Like only really work like when you're talking about like hundreds, like like almost a thousand degrees type temperatures. An RTG is not going to put a thousand degrees. The thermocouples that I okay, so there's the RTG thermocouple which I don't know much about. There is the kind of thermocouple you can get for your multimeter, which I also don't know much about. But I know that those are thing you don't use those to measure. Things like under 200, 300 degrees. Use a thermistor or something like that mm-hmm. for it. Um, use a thermocouple to do to measure temperatures when you're like making steel. You know, like so, hun- like many hundreds, 700, 800, 900, 1000, 2000 degrees. That's kind of where thermocouples are used to measure temperature. Now, I don't know how what I know about those kinds of thermocouples. Compared to thermocouples are a widely used type of temperature sensor, so they are a temperature sensor. Yes, I'm okay. I still stand by that. You're not going to. You're not connected to a multimeter displaying a temperature in terms of centigrade. It says 19. So, oh shit. (laughs) All right, fine. So yeah, maybe there's cheaper ways to measure those. I I, I figure you know if you have a multimeter, you can get you can measure really tiny current. Right, mm-hmm. so yeah. 
even a thermal, you know, even 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 at that kind of temperature uh, difference, you can, you can okay. measure it. It's, yeah, it's, I'm uh, wrong. That's um, fine. Well, Wikipedia says you're wrong. Yeah, I'm sure it's been vetted a little bit. A little. Uh, but I, I don't know um, how I don't understand it. Yet. I, 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 I would I would love to see the like I, like I, I get mount transistors. I, I would I would work. love to see the difference between a temperature pro thermocouple and a power plant thermocouple. Right. Yeah. I, I, it's different materials, probably different you know different effects. Just like there are different ways of of, of doing superconductivity in different sorts of materials. There are different ways of doing transistors, of, 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 of mm-hmm. getting semiconductor transistors with different materials. Um, the broad effect is the same, but the way that the materials interact are different. And the temperatures of Mars interact are different. So I imagine it's the same sort of thing. Like, like my guess is that the thermocouple that you, you can use for an instant thermometer will not work in those industrial situations. It's, you know, it's cheap and, and it would have to be yeah, really could you know, be. cheap and, and quick, but wouldn't work for, yeah. But I don't know how those work. But it's neat. Too much science out there. Just too much. Yeah, yeah, I know. All right, well, thanks for listening, everybody. Science, yo. Science, everybody. Superman, if you have any questions about uh, other other weird science things, like again, how lightsabers would possibly work, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't I can't imagine a way. The ball that, lightning research could get you lightsabers. Uh, well, it'd be too hot. I don't know how you'd be able to hold it. Well, the thing you're holding just is doing the 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 magnetic bottle for the plasma, right? Right, but the plasma would be interacting with the air all around you, right? I mean, how would no. it not be? It would be interfacing with everything and creating so much heat. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Someone must have figured it out. I mean, there are lightsabers, right? Sure, so. yeah, lightsabers totally exist. Oh, so yeah, when I was watching this other YouTube, I saw this guy make this, uh, oh my God, what was it? It was, he made this laser array. I want to say it was 65 volt lasers. Like, he called it a shotgun. Like, it was putting out this, like, mega beam. And then he had this, like, near, like, this focal lens he could snap on the front of it. And uh, it was, like, fucking out of Duke Nukem. It was, I mean, he was... Burn, like burning holes and all kinds of shit. Yeah, there are those blue lasers they sell that they called lightsabers briefly. Like that mm-hmm. you could, yeah, but but yeah, but yeah, that's different than, he a, had than thirty the, or sixty five watt lasers running off of this battery pack, and it was in a like a portable form factor. It was, but that's different than a plasma shell that you can oh, use yeah, to yeah. to interact. I mean, yeah. it is possible to have light light interactions if you have that much energy. It is mm-hmm. possible. So you can have, you you could with enough energy slam a lightsaber into another one and have them reflect off of each other. But that'd be so much energy. Not only would the heat be enormous, but the gravitational effect would be enormous. So you'd be bending space time. No. Good thing it happened in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Yeah. I I just I mean I just don't know. I I can't. I couldn't come up with a way that those wouldn't just. Vaporize everything around them. If they were used in space, you could do it. 
because there's nothing to conduct mm-hmm. the heat. Hmm. Space lightsabers. Space lightsabers. I think you might be able to get something like that to kind of work in some way. Well, you know what? You forgot to calculate the kyber crystals. That just makes it all work. That's the thing. I don't have those physics to understand. So, I mean, if if I had some sort of physics of the All kyber- you need is a kyber crystal and three double A's and you're good to go. I mean, the, the, the good thing about the Superman thing was I could just ignore the rest of the dark sector and just simply apply momentum. Mm-hmm. Because the dark sector doesn't interact, so that's fine. Great. Well, okay, so you were talking about his, his flying. Right. But I mean, okay, let's can can we cover his super strength with this too? Uh boy, no. No, you don't think that you can like get extra strength, velocity, momentum, something. You could out you of get the extra momentum sector? from the dark sector, sure. But can you apply that? Can you apply only that? when you're prying something apart? I suppose you could in the same way that if if, if it's a force, you can just mm-hmm. apply the momentum. So sure, yeah, okay. I don't know how you get freezing. Breath. X-ray vision? Yeah, no, no. Don't I don't see how X-ray vision could because I mean X-ray if he's actually emitting X-rays, then he's irradiating things when he sees through them. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's at doing that. No, but being able to yeah see through solid material doesn't necessarily mean x-ray I mean, right mean x-ray. yeah so it may maybe he just has uh, you know like like some snakes have infrared vision and he can use yeah, that that radar or he could be using some kind of ultrasound. yeah and there are some kinds of of um there are actually some kind of backscatter x-ray stuff you can do that's not really too irradiative and if you could see that i guess it's sort of possible Changing time by re- changing the revolution of the Earth. Oh, that just, that, thats just impossible. That just, yeah, don't don't even start <laughs> unwinding the Earth and making time go back. How you would even begin to get enough friction to do that? Much to 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 stop the rotation of the Earth and put it the back way. Much less changing time. But I have no idea how that would even change time. It, all it would do was kill everybody. Right, it would yeah. wobble and it would lose its. The Earth would lose all its angular momentum. Mm-hmm. That's so much energy that it would roast the Earth. Hmm. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> I was more so worried that once it got to the point where it wasn't really spinning, it would wobble and lose its polar alignment. Maybe, maybe and... if he pushed all of that energy into the dark sector, right? Ooh. The same way, so it wouldn't roast the Earth. So he has to collect all the energy. Not just cause the friction to reverse it, but suck all that energy in and, and store it. Well, I mean, he has to provide enough energy somehow to enough friction in just the atmosphere or even outside of the atmosphere. No, he's outside. Of, he was in space. He was probably in the stratosphere. Or whatever. He has to provide enough friction to turn to to stop the Earth's rotation a thousand miles an hour, right? Something like that. Um, to st- Stop that and reverse it in the atmosphere, and somehow dissipate. The, the winds that. would be crazy. It'd somehow dissipate that. I mean, he would be speeding up the air. Yeah. So the winds would be, be right because in order to create friction, in order, in order to tornado, in order to create the friction to actually slow the the, the surface of the Earth, he would have to in, in the stratosphere, the, the the kind of yeah the the, the atmospheric pressure would be enormous and. Um, it, it would burn off the atmosphere. Yeah, you'd be so much better just pushing on the yes, to something it, physical. 
you, but pushing even, on Mount Everest. If you were to push on Mount, you would just, I mean, that kind of force would just crush Mount Everest. Well, we just start pushing slowly. Push and it would take very, a million years right, to do this. Yeah, and yeah. So you don't destroy the, your lever. You have to uh, push very easily. So take a million years. But uh-huh. hey, we can reverse time. Who cares how long it takes? To... Right, right. But then you had to be able to. So you got to go a million years plus another because then you got to return it back. But, but okay, so first he changes the revolution of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Then he has to change the orbit of the Earth. Then he has to change the orbit of the galaxy. You got to unwind everything. You got to right? unwind everything. In order for time to go backwards. Yeah, I mean, if you unwind everything. Yeah. No. Yeah. Just, Lois is dead, Clark. Accept it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good night, everybody. Why is, he, why is he... Uh, I, okay, you got to pee. I was going to say, if he has all these powers, why doesn't he... I, I, I'm hardly a comic book guy. Why is... You know, maybe it's the yellow sun, but there's tons of yellow suns. Fly from yellow sun to yellow sun and just explore the galaxy. The universe. Sure. Sure, yeah. Why stay here? Is is that what you're asking? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's kind of what Watchmen was about. Okay. Watchmen was was about if you had a super, if you had somebody with super incredible powers, would they really? How how long would they really like care about the Earth? Wouldn't they at some point just like it's not so much enslaving, but because even that is like, what do I care about you little things? You 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 dumb little things or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Superman's the biggest failure of this <laughs> species. <laughs>